welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Get a perfect score on our ultimate knowledge trivia challenge and gain 12 entries into our grand prize draw. You know, as much as we're joking about the grand prize draw, I totally could build a trivia challenge. The ultimate knowledge trivia challenge. Exactly. You know, throw it on the website, build an entire uh, clicking through thing for it. I mean, you wouldn't get any entries into a grand prize draw because, again, it doesn't exist. It's never existed. What? You could prove your knowledge superiority over the masses. For the kind of person who wants that. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, hi everyone. My name's Eunice. I'm the author of Fantasia and Eternosaurus. And if I sound kind of funny, it's because I just came back from a retreat and stayed up too late last night. (laughs) You know, that's fair. Hi, I'm Aethiel, author of Rune, metagame, and you know constant disaster that is the ongoing role of my life but you know we deal with that as it comes so (laughs) i think the role of your life is to be a disaster are you sure well i mean like i feel like that's like an easy cop out by saying yeah that's just my role so i'm succeeding (laughs) (laughs) well i'm not i'm not copping out you know because like it's a disaster but i'm working on dealing with that you know I said it's the role of my life, not the role of me personally. You know? I don't think that makes any sense, because if you're working on becoming not a disaster, then then it's not the role of your life. I mean, my personal role is different from the role of my life. The things that I consider my life are the things that are around me, where the things that I consider my person are the things that are, you know, internal, and like the things that I do. Yeah, but then if you're not a disaster, then it'd be like you're not fulfilling the role of your life? That doesn't make any sense. No, 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 no. I don't fulfill the role of my life. My life is external, acting on me. Oh, so you're saying your your life is messing you up. Exactly. Okay. Clarified. <laughs> um. <laughs> no comment. Moving on to... The main purpose of this podcast... Wait, do we have a purpose? The... I'm, I'm sure that we have, like, an intent. Yeah. What What do you... Um, there's a word. Goal? The theoretical... The... Premise? Yeah. The purported purpose <laughs> of this podcast. Although, you know, I Did think you just all... go for the alliteration there? I think we're all... We all know we're actually here for the tangents, but, you know, we'll just <laughs> move along... Um, and uh, it's my my turn this week to come up with an idea, and uh, I wanted to do some kind of very large creature who uh, has a circadian rhythm that's not really based on hours in a day, but is more like uh, some kind of not like even longer than annual period maybe something to do with like the rotation of the galaxy around another galaxy i don't know the point is galaxies around galaxies is kind of an enormous time scale to the point that like 
not only would generations go by, like, we're not talking galaxy on galaxy circadian rhythm, probably a problem. If you're talking about, like, outer planet-based circadian rhythms, like, absolutely, that would be fun. Like, the, the point is, you know, they kind of sleep a few hundred years, and then they wake up for a few hundred years, and that's just, like, a day for them. <laughs> um, okay. And then uh, the story, you know, revolves around this creature waking up again for the first time in a while. And uh, I don't know what they do or how people react, but some kind of story there. And then, well, yeah. I mean, this is like the setup for like, this is the ancient beast that suddenly disappeared and nobody knows where it went. Turns out, went to sleep. They just do that. Last for 400, 500 years. I'm sure they told somebody who's now dead. <laughs> yeah, but two to three hundred years of sleep, assuming, you know, similar rates that, that humans are. You know, double awake, single asleep. But, like, you know, I don't know. I'm sure they didn't want to or intend to just disappear, as the legends say. They're like, no, no, no. I told you guys very clearly I was going to sleep. <laughs> I told you very clearly that I was going to to take a nap. <laughs> like, what is with all this mythology about how, like, I was so wounded from defeating the demon king that I had to rest? It's like, no, this is just my natural circadian rhythm. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is just how, you know, we sleep. I'm not entirely certain what you mean by <laughs> sealed by the ancient evil. No. Yeah, like, I don't... Who wrote these epics? Like, can, can I talk to them and complain? This is... None of this is accurate. <laughs> oh, they're dead. Um. <laughs> 300 years would be, you know, a reasonable period of time for that to happen in. You know, some kind of... You know, pick some kind of periodicity that happens with like this this the earth's distance from the sun or some something 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 earth's distance from the sun is an annual thing no no like uh there's what is it what's the periodicity that affected the frequency of the ice ages i think that was one of the sun's periodicities anyways there's a bunch of periodicities that you could look into it just Pick one that seems like it's the right time time span, and then go with that. Pick something that seems right. Yeah. It needs to be longer than 200 years so that, you know, you've got greater than two generations between it going to sleep and it waking up. Uh, but something... I mean, technically you can go for much, much longer periods because we have learned that oral tradition is like obnoxiously accurate in some ways where you know just doing historical research we've been like ah this oral tradition describes this place and like it couldn't possibly be exactly where it's listed in the oral tradition could it and then it is in fact exactly where it's listed in the oral tradition and there are descriptions from like super old stuff of like the last ice age i think that one was in us an australian culture's oral tradition where they just straight up had ice age descriptions of stuff i mean it's it's pretty strong so you know go as long as you want on that length yeah i mean you know it's all about like 
getting some things dead on and then something's hilariously wrong, am I right? Exactly. It's narrative telephone. And the best part is that it's totally narrative telephone. So, like, the parts that get messed up are the parts that are more narratively interesting if they're different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd say this entity is not necessarily benevolent, but uh, at least not actively malicious towards humanity. Neutral in general, you know, discusses things with them. You know, finds a few individuals that they like, but... Uh, a few individuals that they want to stomp out of existence. Yeah, they, they don't necessarily put up with a lot of nonsense, you know. <laughs> Alright. So, I mean, we've got our sort of base description here, right? And honestly, they have to... Uh, how many of this creature are there? Is, I think, one thing that I want to determine pretty early. Like, are there a bunch of them with just a bunch of different schedules, or do they all wake up and then go to sleep on the same schedule? I'd say there's, like, a couple, and maybe, like, they're, they have, like, the same variation, the same relative variation in circadian rhythm as humans do. Some of them are, like, night owls. So, like, 95% of them have the same schedule, and then there's one of them that's just up the entire night. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, most of them have a pretty decent overlap in the time that they're awake, but, like, that's still, you know, decades apart sometimes. I mean, if they're awake for, like, 500 years, then... Yeah. (laughs) You know... A decade miss of overlap is not particularly large. Nope. But, uh, you know, maybe like uh, five or six of them. That seems like too few for like an actual species. They're like magical, so it's fine. They don't need uh-huh. to maintain genetic diversity. <laughs> and if one of them dies? What? There's like four other ones. <laughs> I'm saying, like, does another one get created? Do they? Oh, yeah. No, no. They just have kids, like, extremely slowly. (laughs) But there are six of them. Yes. Approximately, you know. Maybe there's one baby one right now. Over a whole planet? Yeah. That seems... That just doesn't seem like enough. I don't know. The planet can't sustain too many of them. (laughs) I'd still be okay with, like... 25? Well, that's, that's, that's too many. Is it? Yeah. Why? I don't know. If it, if, like, the scale of the creature I want, that seems like too many. <laughs> How big is the creature you want? Like a mountain range? <laughs> yeah, but a mountain range compared to a continent. And like, are we talking a big mountain range or are we talking a little mountain range? Well, it depends on how old you are. I mean, I was talking about the oldest ones. Big mountain range. Are we talking like Appalachia or? Sure. That seems a little bit too big to interact with people in any way that's not natural disasters. Well, yeah, let's just say like, uh, it would be like if every every mountain range in the world in our world, is actually a dragon. (laughs) 
You'd still have like 20 or okay. more. Fine, fine, we can have 20. But some of them are babies, you know? Exactly. Some of them are children, which, you know, comparatively, yeah. <laughs> still enormous. And, you know, sometimes the mountain ranges just decide to move. <laughs> And there goes Man, that would be terrifying. You've <laughs> built your village on a mountain range, and then all of a sudden the mountain range decides to move. Yep. It's time to... Okay, I guess we uh, we live in another continent now. Uh, no, they would probably die. That's what they would do. Well, that's not... That's not necessarily true. Like, if the behemoth in question... <laughs> Like, he's very, very careful with all of this stuff that's on his back. Yeah, like if they're actually concerned about it, they got magic. They can just, you know. Well, I would they be concerned about the humans that they don't know? It depends on the individual. It's not individual scales. We're talking like towns here, cities. No, no, it depends on the individual creature. Oh. <laughs> it's just like... You know, some people, if they find a spider in their house, they trap it in a cup and let it go outside, and some people squish it. Okay. It's an individual preference. Yeah. I guess in this case, they're like that uh, that meme of the dragon who puts the adventurers in a cup and takes them outside. Yeah, yeah. They're good for dealing with other pests. Yeah, like some of them will will scoop all the people off and then go by themselves. Some people will some of them will just take them as their own, you know, ant farm entertainment. It's not exactly difficult. Um some of them will just shake themselves vigorously and uh basically be an earthquake. <laughs> not even like an earthquake, like a full vigorous shaking of mountain range sized being would I don't even know what to call it it would essentially be like a whip crack meets tsunami of dirt and the ground and you'd just die okay I mean even if it's a very large earthquake it's still an earthquake I think I it, it would be Equivalent to an earthquake of such an enormous magnitude as to be unreasonable. Yeah. You know. I think they they have a, probably a term for it. They like probably super, would. Like a super quake. Maybe a maybe a dragon's wake. Yeah. You know, don't don't make them sneeze. It's not great. <laughs> for anyone living on their back, sneezing, not great. You know. There's like a legend of um some dumb adventurer who uh, explored a cavern that was actually one of their nostrils and they made them sneeze. Biggest <laughs> cavern you've ever seen in your life. And, uh, you know, the nobody in that particular area survived, but um, there remained... Not even that. the adventurer. Um, of course not the adventurer. That's the, one, the first one to die. Getting shot at. I don't know a, if they'd be the first one to die. Getting shot out of a nostril at speed... Terminal velocity. Terminal velocity? That's... Yeah. That's assuming that they can only go as fast as they could fall. Which I think might be uh, understating the issue a little bit. Yeah. People can survive terminal velocity. It's not common 
but it's possible. It has happened before, okay? They got pulverized to mist on the way out. <laughs> Not on the way out. It was the hitting of the ground. You know, the point is, don't make them sneeze. <laughs> yeah. If you want to live, what do most people do? I guess if you don't want to live, you could try to make a dragon sneeze, but I'm not entirely certain why you would do that. Like, what the benefit is? I mean, I guess if you if you want to kill yourself and your civilization, that's a good way to do it. I mean, it wouldn't kill your whole civilization, just anybody living on the dragon's back or in front of its mouth. Yeah, that might be your whole civilization. It might not be... Like, you know, there'll be other civilizations. I mean, if we're talking, like, really early, then yeah. But, you know, we've already put 400, 500 years behind us just as part of our, our premise, so. Yeah, these uh, creatures uh, tend to both advance and uh, kind of plunge civilization into dark ages, depending on their actions slash sneezes. I suppose that, like, this world could develop, like, a cyclical, like, whenever the dragons wake up, um, we're calling them dragons now, but, or at least I am, but, like, that's not necessarily what, what they are, but these enormous creatures, um, whenever they wake up and, like, start traveling the world is, like, essentially the time of trade. Because it's like, you can see cities that you would absolutely never see on your own uh, if you go traveling on one of their backs for a while. I mean, it's dangerous, threatening in some ways, but, you know, you can trade with people that you'd never meet uh, in, like, enormous uh, intellectual meetings that you would never otherwise be able to manage. So, you know, it's a huge time of progress and trade for everybody. And then when everything settles down again, it's just like, all right, guess we're waiting for the next time they wake up. I'd say the older ones move very infrequently and the younger ones move a bit more. Well, I mean, that doesn't change what I said. Well, not really. Like, some of them might not even actually uproot themselves before they go back to sleep. It's not like frequent travel... They might, like, bring two civilizations into contact and then sit down again. I don't know if you've studied history much, but bringing two civilizations into contact who would never have had contact before is kind of enormous for, like, technology and culture. Even if it's just two. Like, straight up, that is enormous. Some of the biggest stuff you've ever seen. But it's not, uh... It's not like uh, having a like a largely interconnected world. It's more like, oh, okay, we're we're neighbors now. Hi. <laughs> Guess China is now a next door neighbor to Spain. <laughs> and uh, you know, sometimes that goes well. Sometimes it doesn't. Well, yeah, like I said, two cultures coming into contact. And. Uh, I don't know, maybe that being said, they don't really like it when the humans are too noisy, so... <laughs> Some of them would probably like it when the humans are noisy, just not, you know, in their face. If they're trying to sleep, it's like, yo, tone it down over there. Don't make me roll over. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but I've always found it easier to sleep when there's people around making noise. I definitely need there to be absolute silence and highly resent any any noise in the vicinity. I guess. I find it really easy to sleep when there's, like, voices of people. Um, I don't. <laughs> I would be a grumpy dragon. Yep, exactly. Be like, tone it down over there. Don't make me... Don't make me... <laughs> I don't want to listen to you guys having a culture on my back. Well, I mean, that's fine. But none of this, like, cannon fire... I said listen to, you know? Give them the silence. Yeah, with none of this cannon fire or whatever, whatever it is you're doing, what, stop making a racket. <laughs> whatever these explosions are, no. And then they get known as like the peacemaker or something, but like they don't actually care. I don't know about peacemaker. They don't actually care. Silence bringer? I don't know. It's like, they're like, oh, this, this dragon is very much against... Uh, like gunpowder based projectile weapons it's like no, I'm just trying to sleep if you made them sufficiently quiet it'd be fine <laughs> <laughs> silence your cannons um <laughs> like no fireworks none of this none of these festivity nonsense <laughs> weirdo dragons got it yeah maybe they they very much influence like the the civilizations that live on them they probably would just functionally yeah if some of them like the noise and they encourage like that <laughs> celebrations and outgoingness and then others just uh you know if you guys are quiet i don't mind it otherwise i squish you and no need to squish them just bump them off wiggling rolling over Rolling over is apocalyptic in nature. Well, it's it's happened before. <laughs> the oral histories tell of the great disaster when the No. No, cuz <laughs> there wouldn't be enough survivors after that. I don't know. I feel like some maybe some of them would fall off into a safe place. Into a safe place? They're rolling over. They would be in the path of the squishing. They'd be... They'd, well, no, if they're on the edge of the rolling, they could roll into a... They could fall into an unrolled area. Not if we're talking about, like, a full 360-degree roll. Well, it's like, are we talking about a roll where you end up in the same place or a roll where you, like, move one person circumference over? I was thinking the latter. Oh, I was thinking about the way you roll over in bed, or you end up in the same place. <laughs> Maybe that's the way you roll over in bed. Um, I mean, you know, I have... I adjust afterward to get back to the same place most of the time, but uh, no, I, I move, actually. Well, I think... I... Unless there's somebody else in the bed, in which case, like, I don't roll at all. I usually roll in place. I have occasionally rolled out of bed, like, and had a, you know, like a falling dream, except I was really falling. <laughs> and then you woke up. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that was a real fall. <laughs> Terrifying, actually. <laughs> I see, I see. Oh, man. Yeah. There's that one dragon who's prone to moving in their sleep that no, like, 
nobody lives like nobody's maybe, living on that one. This is fine. Maybe that one is just like Antarctica. <laughs> just, exactly. Like yeah, don't live there. It's not worth it. We tried to live there for a while. Not a good plan. And then that area is like particularly rich in natural resources. So not worth it. Every once in a while, someone's like, "That's not. We could definitely live here. Look at the great, look at the great environment." And then every few hundred years, they die. <laughs> yeah, uh, this doesn't sound like a great thing. You can go build your great city for seventy years, and then it'll get squished. Yeah, everybody else is smart, and they're like, "We'll just have like a mining outpost." Statistically, the chance of you getting squashed if you only live there temporarily isn't that high. <laughs> Especially if you do it soon after the last squishing. <laughs> it's a good word. Squish, squish. You know, maybe like people start figuring out exactly what kind of weird circadian rhythm that they're following and start to be able to predict events a little bit. That sounds like something that would develop, yes. It would take a while. Yeah. You know. Okay. Um, I guess the big question here is, we've got a world and, like, a, a general, here's how societies would work. Do we have a main character? I mean, some kind of ancient history scholar who, you know, needs to communicate with our... Awakening Titan wants to ask them if if we could do a tour of a, a specific number of other civilizations that they've heard about. Like maybe this dragon is one of the relatively younger and curious dragons, so it immediately starts chattering away in a, like a million different languages, and then everyone's like scrambling to find somebody who can understand. And there's the terrifying scale of it, where like. As it's speaking, you're like trying to piece together what it actually is saying from the friggin' echoes. Um. Yeah, like I'm sure they can. They can, like, if they want, tone it down and magically direct the sound so that maybe they don't even do sound. Maybe they just do like direct telepathy. Yeah, that sounds a lot more <laughs> reasonable than like <laughs> speaking. We're dealing with scales where, you know, actually speaking would destroy significant parts of the world, set tidal waves in motion. That's true. I don't know. The ambassador to the dragon. The dragon is just, like, curious as to what's... What is the current state of the world? And then... Well, um, here's what we know. Uh, here's what we don't know. Here's what we'd like to know. And then, you know... Casually mentions that uh, dragon number two usually wakes up uh, like a few decades after, or like a few years after. A few decades again would be a reasonable scale here. I don't know. It's like you got your people who like usually wake up at eight a.m. or whatever. <laughs> so it might even be like within a few years of each other, or like people who are ex extremely sensitive to sunrise. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever the equivalent of sunrise is for these things. Yeah. So they might, like, wake up, like, very close to each other. 
<laughs> then there's this other one who should be going to bed around now. Um, <laughs> quietly working on a project of one little village that looks real nice. <laughs> nobody ever realizes it because nobody ever goes there. The night owl is super disappointed by this. <laughs> I'm sure they have their own little little ant farm if they want one. Exactly. Okay, and then, uh, you know, societal upheaval, panic, myths. I don't know about panic, because it's kind of like the expectation that every once in a while the entire world changes. They'd, they'd probably have a whole lot of cyclic myths. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, every once in a while, the entire world just gets up and starts moving around, and we kind of deal with that. And then uh, there's, like, people, you know, like, having to reconcile the myth and the flesh. You know, there's some hilarity going on there. A little bit of it. I mean, on a personal level, I'm just like, there's a lot of myths that we've looked at where it's just like, there is more than a grain of truth here. This was an oral tradition that was passing on a real event. And as soon as we learned how to interpret it, it was like, oh, guess we've got a record of history that we just didn't know how to interact with because it didn't fall into the Roman Greek culture. That's weird. <laughs> you know, maybe some of the stuff is like weirdly literal. They were like, exactly. We thought that was a metaphor. But no. We thought that the world getting up and moving around was a metaphor, but uh, now that we're looking at it... That's very literal, you know. And then uh, maybe some idiot tries to attack the dragon. Uh, like, how do you attack a mountain range? I don't know. <laughs> okay, I don't know. You can definitely attack it, but as far as, like, hurting it goes... I mean, it's probably possible. I... I still don't really understand. Like, what are you gonna attack a mountain range with? A lot of explosives? Like, unless they're just, like, waiting around for you to just plant an entire mountain range. Well, they are sleeping. Most of the time. It's like, they're probably actually, like, covered in, like, so many layers of rock that, like, their actual skin is not, is below the mountain range. I mean, that leads me to question how they got the rock on them to begin with. They'd have to, like, pour magma on themselves or lava on themselves. Yeah, who says they don't? Maybe that's their spa. (laughs) (laughs) They would... As they settle down to sleep, they, like, stick whatever movement limbs that they have into the ground far enough that, like... Magma starts going into those limbs, and that's how they feed, you know, off the temperature of the magma that they then extrude on top of their skin. It's very weird. They could have just been napping near a volcano that exploded, and they got some, and then never bothered. A volcano would barely affect them. But if we're if we want them to be covered in rock, they genuinely need to like feed off magma or something. Or like. Uh... Maybe they took a mud bath, and then over time, uh, trees grew, and they were like... That would be sedimentary rock, I guess, but that wouldn't be, like, the kind of rock that you're really talking about. Well, you know, maybe maybe they're, like, actually our tectonic plates. <laughs> maybe our tectonic plates are actually dragons. 
That's terrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's why there's only seven. <laughs> so, I mean, that would make it so that literally every landmass was a dragon instead. Yeah. <laughs> that is terrifying. I mean, they're like moving around in the water. Man, this is funny. I've never anthropomorphized a tectonic plate before, and I bet most people haven't either. Yeah, because it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so our whole island chain uh, got up and decided to move one day. You know, maybe once in a while, the dragons like to meet up and uh, make a supercontinent. It's actually a family reunion. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's so very little power over your own lives. Even less than usual, because the freaking land might move from under you. Oh, man. It's like, all right, I've dealt enough with this. All right, we're going to go our separate ways. And then just like the continent splits in half. Bye-bye. See you in a, in a few thousand years. I'll do this again sometime. This is so funny. Absolutely insane. <laughs> Best kind of, of funny. I, I love it in a lot of ways. It's just also, you know, existentially horrifying. <laughs> Which is why you love it. Alright. Well, I mean, I think we've got most of what we need here. Except for, like, maybe, like, a plot. But, you know, who needs plot for real? You know, just have them try and survive. And, uh, you know, detail their interaction with the new country that they didn't used to be neighbors with. The reawakening of the continents or something. And then, you know, have the scholar have some fascinating discussions. It would be fascinating to talk to somebody who just straight up remembers stuff from like 700 years ago and you can just like talk to them about it. That would be neat. would be like, that was yesterday. Yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday, which to them it kind of was one sleep ago. And it's like, oh, they're probably mildly sad when their favorite humans are gone. You know, like when your pet hamster dies. I mean, their waking period is long enough that they lose humans in the middle of it. It's like keeping rats, you know? Like, rats are really smart, and they live like two years, and it's like, what? Bye. I mean, it's less like keeping rats and more like keeping flies, where they don't even last an entire day. But like, really smart flies? <laughs> really smart flies. How tragic. I'm so amused. I do like stories when people are like, ants. <laughs> ants actually live a decent period of <laughs> individual ants yeah oh. bees bees it depends on the bee okay well you know you can make it into adventure or just uh, philosophy or make it mostly philosophy this is kind of a setup for philosophy and uh, just be like what if the world were made of what if occasionally the world just got up and decided to change? Have fun with it, you know? If you're yeah. doing writing, that's what you should always do. Have fun with it. Yeah, so, you know, if you like this idea, write it. And email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. 
if you hate it, I mean, again, same place. Uh, I don't know why you would. This one's great. Um, Pretty cool. This is probably one of the more original ideas I've had. <laughs> Every once in a while, we all have an original idea. It's just that some people decide to write theirs down or record it in some other way. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. Yeah. You can find all of that stuff and all the episodes so far on our website if you want to, which is just unwrittenimaginings.com. If you want an ultimate trivia knowledge challenge quiz, let us know. Yeah. We have that email. Listeners, the listeners one. Absolutely. If you send it, then... I'll try and get Eunice to make the quiz. Uh, oh, jo- okay, fine. <laughs> oh, come on. You expect me to write a trivia quiz? It's based on the episodes. You just have to go through and pick random things from each episode. I have to listen to all the episodes again. Wow. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I do it at triple speed. There you go. I don't. Uh, you know, like, subscribe, rate, re- recommend us to friends. And we'll see you next week. All of those would be greatly appreciated. And we'll see you next week. Bye.